Welcome to Hachzeik, the Daily Musar Impact Initiative. Hello, my sweetest friends, and welcome back to Hachzeik, our daily of Mesilas Hashem. We are up to day 52, chapter 11 on Mid of Nikias. Previously on Hachzeik, we were introduced to the third Isser that many people struggle with when it comes to the need to be Menaka to clean ourselves out from different Isurim. Obviously, the Nikias is necessary in all of the different Isurim that people are drawn to, but the Mesilas Hashem chose three in particular. We started with Gizela, the Taiba for money. Then we spoke about Gilearias, the Taiba for Znus, the Taiba for in, in forbidden relations. And now we're talking the th- about the third Isser that's very common, which is the Isser of Achil of Machalas Asuros, things that are forbidden to be eaten. We discussed yesterday the harmful effects that these, harmful spiritual effects that these uh, Machalas Asuros have on us. And we're going to learn more about that today. In order to make sure we understand that when it comes to non-kosher, um, non-kosher food and that which is called tameim, impure, right? Because it's a spiritual impurity that we're referring to here. It doesn't just refer to the non-kosher animals, like we said yesterday. Only animals that have both split hooves and chew their cud are allowed to be eaten, or you know, other non-kosher animals like mice and rats and things like that. Vermin, elegama trifos, or bugs, um, insects. Most insects. Elagama trefos min. I say that because I think grasshoppers officially halacha. At least I think Svartim eat grasshoppers. You can ask the local Orthodox rabbi before you eat one. But I think technically speaking, grasshoppers, according to some sheetas, are actually a kosher teeth. But it's a little tangent. Ella, gama trefos min hakosher toma. But even a trefa, meaning an animal that was a kosher animal, it has split hooves. It chews its cud, and it has no moment even. Let's say the the it's galat kosher. The the lungs are totally smooth. But if, this, if the shechita, if the slaughtering doesn't go the way it's supposed to go, then that itself will make it impure. That itself makes it into a, 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 a spiritually impure food that should not be eaten. Amar Kasa, the Pasuk says in Vayikra, and the same Vayikra, lahavdil bena tameh uvena tar. This is the law, this is the halacha, to distinguish between the contaminated and the pure, and between the creature that may be eaten and the creature that may not be eaten. Right? And Chazal come and teach us, there's no need to state that, has to be, that, that we should distinguish between animals of a donkey and a cow. Like, this much we know, right? Elsewhere, the Torah says, like I discussed, that it has to have split hooves and chew its gut. So, so why, what's, what's being added here by the Pusik saying of impure and pure animals? It's referring to that which is tummy and pure specifically to you. That which is impure specifically to you. Why? For example, the difference between an animal that most of the trachea was severed when it comes in the process of shita, and or versus an animal that only half of its trachea was was cut, which is not enough for a complete kosher shita. So really, what's the difference between a kosher and non-kosher shita? It could be what's the difference of a partial versus uh, mo- most of the the trick being cut versus only less than half, or half. Melo Sarah. There's no more than a hair's breadth of a difference. Adikan Lashon. That's the Torah's kind of tells us. But Revelation Zeb Besiyam Mamara Bekama Bein Rubo Bechulo. And now Chazal at the end of that Torah's kind it says what, what is it? These words. Now, like how much is the difference between this one and that one? Right. It's it's a hair's breadth. It, it went out of its way the Chazal to to make that distinction and bring that point out to us. Why? The Haras Kaman Fla Koyecha Mitzvah. Demonstrate how remarkable is the power of a mitzvah. That the a hair's breadth could be the difference between purity and impurity.
even even it could be a purely kosher animal, the kosherest of all animals. But if a hair's breadth is different between one animal's shechita and another's animal's shechita, as in regards to how far the knife goes into the trachea, that could be the difference between a tumma and tar. Wow. Vine. We see the sensitivity. We see how, how particular it is. Vine. Anyone that has a head on their shoulder is Yachshov We'll look at forbidden foods like poison. Oh, is a or at least a, a food that had some sort of poison mixed in. Because if substitute would happen, i.e., you have some food, right, and, and some poison falls in, would a person say, oh, only a little bit of poison fell in, maybe I won't eat that piece? If he had any suspicion left that, that there's a possibility maybe he'll eat poison, even, even just a, a little slight suspicion, certainly he won't take his chances of millennium in this situation. And if he would be, of course he's, he's a fool. Everyone's seen as a fool. Why would you, do, why would you take the chance? Why would, you, why would you take the risk? Officer Amachal. So too, when it comes to forbidden foods, kfar eres It is poison for the heart and soul of a person. So, if that's the case, if the, if it, if, it, if the spiritual impurity is so potent, we should, we, should, we should be treating it like poison. So then, how would anyone be makeable when it comes to God forbid eating something that's forbidden? In Baal Seichalu, if he has any intelligence, if Yaldav is an Emmer, and on this specifically, Pesach says in Mishlei, "V'samta sakin beloecha." Put a, na- a knife to your jaw if you are a master of your soul and do not lust for his delicacies. So that Pasuk is literally referring to someone that's sitting at a table of a, of a miser. So it's saying, don't lust after his delicacies. But the Gemara in Hulan says that it's, that's specifically referring to um, a, uh, a person that's being drawn to forbidden foods. Don't lust for their delicacies. Better to put a knife to your jaw. Um, and then fall for the those delicacies. Wow. Okay, so so this wraps up uh, this section of chapter eleven. If you haven't noticed so far, this is the longest chapter by far so far, and we have a ways to go. It's a very very long chapter. We should make a seam just after this chapter alone. Um, and we wrapped up the first part of this chapter, which focuses on the three very common isurim that we have to clean ourselves out of. We started with gazela, then we went to gilei rice, and now we finished up with machlas suros, forbidden foods. And uh, the main point that I want to bring out in this, in, in comes to forbidden foods, but really applies across the board, but I think it's, it comes out most strongly here, is that the way I would say it is that we live in a halachic universe, halachic reality, right? Real, it's not that we have a physical world, we have a reality, and then, okay, halacha comes and says, oh, how do, I, how do we fit into this world? There is a reality that is defined by halacha. Case in point, is there really a difference in the hair's breadth between this animal that was shechted this much and this animal that was shechted this much? Right? These two, right there? Tiny bit? No. In reality, it's, 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 it's basically the same. It's the same thing, right? But the halachic reality defines reality, which means that if someone eats this animal, it will sustain them and they will, they will serve Hashem properly with it and it'll be a healthy for their body and soul. And if he eats this animal, then it would be destructive and corruptive to this person's body and soul. We live in a halachic universe, halachic reality. If this comes out in many areas of halacha, and I'm not going to give examples now, but the fact that we, cholesterol defines, you know, too many examples. Just a couple that comes to mind right now. Cholesterol defines um, the calendar of the month, right? We say, Mikadesh Yisrael v'azmanim, and Yomtif, and on Shabbos we say, Mikadesh Shabbos. Why? Because Shabbos is Kviv Kaima. It's always, every single seven days, 
Shabbos comes, it doesn't matter what we do. If we disappeared, Shabbos will still be here. Right? Hashem is Mekayim Shabbos. Hashem defines Shabbos, and it's it's never going to stop being every seventh day. But Yom Tif is because she's through all of us, and why? Because we control the time. We decide when Rosh Chodesh is. So if we decide when Rosh Chodesh is by saying the Kodesh Kodesh by testifying in Beisdin, then we define what when the seventh is for for Shavuos and when Yudalad Tesvav is for for Yom Tov for, for Pesach and uh, and Sukkot. So so we define reality. We define and that and that remember and that means that on the tenth of Tishrei, because of what we defined as Rosh Chodesh at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah at the beginning of, of Tishrei. That is Yom Kippur, which means you are Chayv Karis if you eat on that day. But if you eat before that day or after that day, you're not Chayv Karis at all. But we decided that that was going to be the day. Right? You, you know what I'm saying? That we, uh, the reality is defined by Allah. It's a very, very powerful thing. So uh, that, that's, that, that is a theme that I think it comes out very specifically, very clearly when it comes to Achila and, and this example of Shrita, but it really applies to, um, to all areas of of, 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 of of our life. And halavai, halavai, we should be zocha to, to recognize that we live in a halachic reality, to not see halacha or, or any dinam or the, or the Torah coming in as, as an imposition, as a burden on us. Rather, it's coming to guide and create the best possible life um, for each and every one of us. And, um, and we live in a, in, a, in a world that straddles spiritual and physical, which is a beautiful thing. If, if we were totally divorced from anything spiritual and lived a purely mundane physical life, that sounds pretty lame to me. Um, it's a pretty phenomenal, special thing that we can have the opportunity to t- touch the divine, to touch the spiritual. Uh, so we should be zocha to, to, to touch the spiritual as much as possible and to realize that we live in a both physical and spiritual world and we should nurture both our physical and spiritual selves in a healthy way. Lechaim Yidin, have a wonderful day. You have been listening to a shear by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily shear, please visit hachzeik.com or call 516-600-8080.